This is January 24th, and this is the Bruins Beat on CLNS Media. Welcome back into the Bruins Beat on CLNS Media. My name is Evan Marinovsky. Hope you guys are having a great day, a great week. In this episode, Connor Ryan and I get into uh, the offense from the defense, which has been pretty freaking impressive. And we get into uh, the beautiful goals scored Sunday, but also just how good they've been uh, the past couple of weeks and throughout the whole year uh, and the changes uh, that a Jim Montgomery coach team has had on defense. We also get into Thomas Nosek's injury and Mark McLaughlin coming up and Yona Kopanen stepping in, stepping in and uh, what they can do and if the Bruins need to go out and add depth at forward and on the back end. I think something uh, that's a theme I think we're going to get into a lot in the coming episodes of you know what they need at the trade deadline, and I think it really just changes and depends on injuries. Before we get into this episode, Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting this season. Everything. From NFL playoffs to pro and college basketball, UFC, MMA, and more. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. With live betting options, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. Bet Online is truly the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite leagues and events. Head to bet head to web to the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code CLNS50 to receive your rewards. Bet online where the game stats. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Connor Ryan. And we're here with Connor Ryan. Connor, what is up? Evan, I'm doing well. How you doing? Doing great. Doing great. Are you ready for uh, the snow that is supposed to hit this region in the next 24 hours? No, I never am. <laughs> it is, there's always like when, when you have the first real snowstorms, people are like, oh, I kind of missed it. Like I, the snow is really pretty. No, it's not. And you know what? Even if it is kind of scenic for the first like 20 minutes, no. Then it turns into like black goop on the side of the road that like some dude driving a Subaru sprays and hits you as you're waiting for the number seven bus. No, it's not fun, Evan. I don't like it at all. No, not I'm not a, I'm not a fan of this either. I've never, I, I, you know, again, like I think if it snows around Christmas, you have an argument, but if it's snowing in the, you know, the gray skies of late January, I don't really have a big need for snow. Can't really walk on the sidewalk in shoes that you like, cause they're going to get all wet and dirty and slushy. And I it just, it, I need warm weather back. I just, I don't know. I don't know if it's the, the amount of gray sky we've been having lately, but my God, uh, we need. Some sort of better weather uh, coming our way because I am sick of this. And it hasn't even been that much of it this winter. But if there's anything that is making Bostonians and people from New England uh, okay through this uh, the, the doldrums of winter, it's the Bruins who are 37-5-4. and four. Uh, Which, again, I will never stop saying how wild that is. Um, just they're not losing. There's no losing streak. Now, coming up... <laughs> quite a little run here. Yeah, Carolina, Florida, Montreal, Tampa. Very good teams. Very good test, except for Montreal. But still. Don't be the game they lose. Yeah, somehow they'll find a way to 
They'll lose that one. They'll win the other Rem, three. Rem Pitlick is scoring a hat trick <laughs> in that game. Mark it down. Mark it down. Um, but it's an interesting thing. What's you know, there's been a lot of changes Jim Montgomery's instituted this year. There's a lot of stuff that's remained the same from the Cassidy administration. But some things that one thing that's changed is the offense from the defense. And you're seeing the defense of the defense more active, you know, uh, joining the rush more, uh, getting shots through from the point. And that was very evident on Sunday, weird Sunday game against the Sharks, which went just how you thought it would go against the Sharks, uh, which, ooh, that is not a, great. Not a great team. Not a great team. But still, that Lindholm goal was terrific. And then that McAvoy goal was just ridiculous. I mean, that's like on par for potential goal of the year candidate. Yeah, it was. I think when you look at this recent scoring surge from the Bruins blue line, some of it's also, I think, just, you know, uh, regression and having more of these chances finally uh, slot through. Like, you look at, like, what was it, the Derek Fulbert goal against, was it against the Islanders? Where the Islanders, dude, where he came down low. In. Yeah, made sure that David Krejci didn't get that little tap-in goal, raced in it. Like, you have, like, chances like that, which are, you know, come from just the natural progression of hockey. But I think when you look at what has led to uh, this added surge, whether it's guys like Clifton jumping up and finishing a play against the Rangers, or uh, you look at those two uh, goals from Lindholm or McAvoy. I think it also just comes from the players themselves feeling more confident. Like we can talk about all the tweaks that Jim Montgomery has made, which has made a sizable impact, whether it's the transition game, whether it's, you know, giving these defensemen a little bit more free reign when there's a potential chance in front of them. But it also comes down to the players with the puck on them on their sticks as well. And, you know, making that, uh, you know, conscientious decision to push up the play and make those chances. Like if you asked, if you saw McAvoy probably when he first got back on the ice um, coming off that shoulder surgery, probably wouldn't be a play he'd make again. <laughs> no I say that, you know, the, he wasn't still playing at a very good level, um, but he wasn't as maybe assertive as you'd seen in previous years. And that comes with the territory coming back from a major offseason surgery. So I think when you look at McAvoy, just maybe him, and where he, what he represents on this blue line, to have him getting back to that level of play. I mean, we've seen it time and time again with him where he's got a head of steam or he's taking the puck down low. You know something's going to happen, whether it's uh, leading to, you know, a grade-A chance where he feeds the puck through the slot or, or takes a shot himself. Um, to see him make a goal like that, kind of something out of nothing, where Eric Carlson was like a – he was like an NPC character in like Skyrim. Dude was just <laughs> a like turn stuff at the blue line. Yeah. Um, to have, to have McAvoy get a goal like that, I think is huge for him and his confidence. And, um, you know, whether it's him, Clifton, Grizzlick's really, I think, come on late. Um, you're seeing so many other guys that I think are really finding their game and feeling more confident when they have the puck on their stick. And it's such an advantage. I mean, this goes without saying that, you know, if your defense are scoring, that's a good thing come the postseason. But it is a big advantage because the Bruins haven't really had the benefit of that in, in previous seasons where, you know, you where, where the defensemen are such offensive threats, whether it be, you know, scoring goals or it's just joining the rush or, uh, you know, taking, you know, holding the puck a little bit longer on a breakout. So, um, you know, again, I, I think it just speaks to uh, how deep the Bruins are uh, and how good their their defensemen are. I mean, again, just you look at that McAvoy goal. I mean, I, you know, it's just and it speaks to him, too, because, again, he's a you know, he's a very underrated elite defenseman in this league. Obviously, Kale McCarr gets all the, the looks as he should. I'll be the first one to tell you he should. You know, Adam Why? Fox gets yeah, crazy. I don't know. I don't know, Connor. I, I don't know. Um Adam Box gets a lot of love. He's been having a terrific season. You know, he's been outstanding. 
Victor Hedman has always been kind of the guy, Roman Yossi, but McAvoy's like right there. If you know, he's ranks above guys like even Yossi right now and Hedman. So, I mean, again, I just, I think for McAvoy, a lot of his stuff isn't flashy and the way other NHL fans, you know, outside of Boston work a little pizzazz on that goal might raise his stock, his stock among them, which is good. And it's good to see because he missed the season. Yeah, I mean, that's what you're going to need. It, it all comes down to it, especially when you look at the Norris. And also when you look at just the field, as you said, uh, I think Kill McCarr is going to put together uh, quite a few 80-plus uh, point seasons in the future, <laughs> if not probably a couple of hundred if, if the Avalanche stay healthy. May not be in the cards this year, but alas. Um, in order to really kind of separate yourself from the pack for Norris, yeah, Kansas City, you're going to have to be a guy that has 65, 75 points plus. Um, is that fair? Probably not. That means guys like, you know, Jacob Slave and these guys who are so good in their own end, so good in transition, um, probably won't get that credit. But uh, that's kind of the way things are, right? And when you look at McAvoy, yes, he's maybe not as flashy, but you look at his ability to find those um, soft areas of the ice, transition game, even if he's not directly, you know, on the score sheet with like a secondary assist. There's so many sequences and grade A looks started by, McAvoy, you know, breaking the puck out, pushing the puck through the neutral zone, those things that, again, maybe don't get recognized, but can mean the world of a difference on a uh, a promising shift. So uh, for him to be finding his game on the offensive end of things, we know what he can do uh, in the neutral zone, in his own end, all this stuff. But if he's able to, you know, regain that confidence, huge for him. And by correlation, of course, huge for the Bruins. Crazy. And I also think Lindholm falls in that same category. Yeah. You look at his, and we talked about this a lot at the at the deadline last year after they got Hampus Lindholm and gave him that long extension. We said, you know, this is a guy who, uh, you know, great defenseman at one point, but had regressed with Anaheim. And no one, I mean, it was impossible to tell if it was, you know, the guys around him in Anaheim or if it was, you know, if, if this was an Oliver Ekman Larson case where he's just regressing in general. We know now that was <laughs> the cast around him in Anaheim was not exactly conducive. Um, for, you know, him progressing as a player. And now you're seeing it like you just you watch him break the puck out and it's smooth and you see him just make those simple plays and uh, getting shots through from the point. I mean, he's a guy who, again, like, you know, he's played the full season. Uh, we've talked a lot about him this year so far. Will he win the Norris? No, he probably won't. But he'll get votes. You'd have to think. I mean, he's been such a stalwart back there. And, you know, again, I he didn't play the full season last year for the Bruins. He got, you know, crushed in that Carolina series. So we never really got to see Lindholm like fully immersed. This year's different. That's, I mean, that's a huge advantage in the postseason having a guy like that who can do all those things. And is that reliable? Yeah. And I think uh, Jim Montgomery touched on a, a point with him and where he slots in this lineup and the fact that the Bruins have the luxury of, um, you know, having McAvoy and, and Lindholm on two different pairings. And honestly, just does it balance out that whole decor. But, um, you know, Montgomery said, when you have a game like that, you know, the Shocks, and you have two defensemen drop highlight real goals on you on different pairs, it's almost like demoralizing, right? It's like, all right, like, we know McAvoy, we know what he does. All right, now Lindholm's, you know, dangling through the slot and sniping one passes as well. Like, it's almost like you look at just how demoralizing it must be to play against this team where you know – especially this season, like you can game plan for the guys who have been driving this team success for years now, Bergeron, Martian, Krejci, Pasternak, all those guys. What happens when it's guys like Charlie Coyle and Trent Frederick and Taylor Hall in the third line 
and you get past that top pairing, and Lindholm's on the second pairing, averaging 22 minutes a night, <laughs> and Clifton's playing well, and Grizzly, and Felino, who looked like a bio candidate, is now you know a, a bottom six stalwart. It's got to be just demoralizing, and for opposing teams, you look at like coming through the video. It's like you know, it's it's a real pick your poison kind of matchup with this team. So um, to have Lindholm there and what he represents, not just the baseline production. I mean, he's what got thirty one points, and I think his career high is thirty four in a season. So he's well on his way to breaking that. Um, I think where his real value is just how he completes that whole top. You know that six-man unit on defense like just having that guy that yes you can pair him with McAvoy when need be but you can also slot him down and have him anchor a whole other pairing it's huge for this team in terms of just you've got two legit top pairing guys that can eat up 25 minutes each a night when needed in the playoffs which is huge when you get to kind of those crunch time scenarios it's huge I think part of the reason Hampus Lentholm has been so much better and I can't confirm this but he might be into hello fresh this is what? true. I, he th- this could be. I'm just saying, and he might be if he hasn't started HelloFresh. Maybe he'd be even better. Uh, again, looking for an easy way to eat well and save money this year. Cut back on expensive takeout and delivery, and get started with HelloFresh. You'll love how fast, easy, and affordable it is to whip up a restaurant quality meal in your own kitchen. Kitchen fast and fresh recipes. HelloFresh's latest line of meals featuring robust flavors and filling portions are ready in less than 15 minutes. There's nothing better than have it, making your own meal and having it be very, very quick. I love that, and that's what I love about HelloFresh. Enjoy taste and quality done quick with recipes like falafel power bowls, seared steak and potatoes with Bernier sauce, Ooh. or Southwest pork and bean burritos. I want to tell Ooh. you, this past week, made some meatloaf with a sweet chili glaze, glaze sauce and green beans. And ginger rice. And let me Ooh. tell you, it was terrific. Chef Evan, chefing it up. I absolutely loved it. And guess what? It was quick, Connor. Because look, Connor, I'm someone who doesn't like to be cooking for a long time. When I'm hungry, I'm hungry and I want to eat. And these are quick, easy to me- to make. And again, we want to help you out. So go to HelloFresh.com slash Bruins21 and use Bruins21 for 21 free meals plus free shipping. Again. HelloFresh.com slash Bruins21 and use code Bruins21 for 21 free meals plus free shipping. That's Nick Ritchie free meals. Incredible. 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 So go there and check 21, out. can you do something for me? You, as it, Drake says. It, it, as Drake says, and it can. It can get you 21 free meals from HelloFresh. So 21, can you do something for me? Yes, 21 free meals from HelloFresh. Use promo code Bruins21. So... Bruins got a little bit of bad news this week. Thomas Nosek out for four weeks, or at least he'll be reevaluated in four weeks uh, with a uh, little fracture in his foot uh, from the game against the Rangers. And it's funny, we were talking about Carlo's injury last week in that game. Actually, it was Nosek that was the long-term injury. Mm, Carlos almost you know. got himself injured in that in that fight, like, you know, five seconds into the game uh, against the Sharks, which, again, I understand what he's doing, but guy with his concussion history, I don't know. I'd probably yeah. avoid- Fights. That's just me. Don't um, really like Timo Meyer uh, giving him a, landing a punch when he's already on the ice, too. So that's that's it's funny. Ma- Meyer you... also punching with his glove on, on shows yeah. that it's not really a real heavyweight fight between two uh, no. noted scrappers. But... Well, that's a, that was one of the things I think that with fighting, like you know, obviously enforcers have been phased out of the game, but the one positive to enforcers was they all knew how to fight, 
So, and they all had the code. So once you went down, no one kept punching. And whereas a lot of these guys who don't fight, they fight because they're legitimately angry and they hit the ground and they still keep punching because they just don't know how to fight. And you see it again, Timo Meyer throwing punches at Brandon Carlo with A, his glove on and B, while he's on the ice. So um, not great. Anyways, I digress. Uh, Nosek out. Again, valuable fourth line center. He's not, you know, he's not Patrice Bergeron out there, but he is valuable. Good. I mean, ranked second on the Bruins in time on ice when when killing penalties. Very important player. Um, he's out. And in goes uh, Yona Kopanen. Uh, Yona Kopanen goes in. I got the name right, thankfully, uh, which is perfect. I think I did. I hope I did. Uh, but Kopanen goes in. I got a point on Nick Foligno's goal on, uh, on uh, Sunday night against the Sharks. And I think a lot of people are kind of torn on, you know, is Kopanen, can he be a long-term fourth-line center? Or should the Bruins use this as an example to go out and get someone like a Nick Benino? Um, what do you think? Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they approach it because you look internally, they should have a couple of uh, guys they can turn to and maybe that's the proper move instead of allocating assets. It all comes down to, I think, of just how crazy the trade market is now, right? Where you can look at guys like Horvat and Chikrin and all these guys, how much they're going to cost. But even these guys that, are further down on the depth chart, but other playoff teams view them as guys that could really maybe give you that extra overtime win or anything like that. You look at guys that are like third pairing veteran players like, you know, Shen this year or like, you know, David Savad a few years ago, where I think what Tampa gave a first round pick for the guy. Um, (laughs) You have to wonder how like crazy the market's going to be for a guy like Benino, who again would fit the bill in terms of what they'd be looking for, right? Fourth line guy, Good on the PK, you know, over an 82-game season will get you 8 to 10 goals, 16 20 to 22 points. Exactly what Similar you kind of like need. Similar to like a Nick Foligno. Similar to Nick Yeah, Felino. exactly. Problem is, like, what are you going to give up for that? Is that two second-round picks, right? Is that another prospect? So, for the Bruins, you have to weigh, is it better to go all in this year, which is probably the right move if it's someone you think is really going to be a missing piece further down the lineup. But um, whether it's Kopanen or uh, the Bruins, literally, I think, 10 minutes before we started recording, uh, recalled Mark McLaughlin. So he's another yes. guy that could be in the mix. Um, Good to see a guy him up that, again. A guy that um, I think Bruins fans were outraged in training camp when he didn't make the cut because he was probably arguably their best forward during training camp. Again, big jump between postseason, preseason games and what awaits in the regular season, but still good to see him get a shot. Um, you look at Lauko, who I don't think really played himself out of the lineup during that limited stretch that he played. Like, they do have options in terms of fourth-line regulars to turn to. It's just it's just the year that you you look and say, like, all right, we have enough depth in Providence that guys can fill that role when needed. Or, all right, it might cost us a second and uh, a guy like, I don't know, like a Jack Sean or something, like some prospect that's down in Providence. But that gets you a guy like Benino that maybe puts you over the top that solidifies that fourth line or at the very, very least gives you some insurance back there. Perhaps it's worth it. But I, I feel like that's going to be more where the Bruins target, uh, you know, those depth pieces, those fourth line, third pairing options, as opposed to a thing, you know, swinging for the fences for a guy like Horvat. Or, or like Patrick Kane. Yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, I don't. Again, we've said this before. The Bruins don't need a top six forward. If you can get it for cheap, like great. But again, I think there's teams out there that need it much more than you, including the Carolina Hurricanes, uh, mm-hmm. who need you know a player like that a lot more. And they're gonna, you know, they have more to give up. 
Um, but again, I mean, I think, you know, for right now, Kopanen looks fine. I don't know. Like he, he's, he's fine out there. He does his job. Um, but again, that's not enough for the postseason. I don't think. Um, and I think, as you said, I think that's where they're going to end up adding is, you know, depth pieces, not to bring back 2011 comparisons, but like, you know, Rich Peverly, Chris Kelly, that's more what you need. Um, cause again, you don't know what you need until the playoffs come around and someone inevitably gets injured, especially on the back end. You know, we've talked about, we talked about Luke Shen, um, on Boke the Bear, where it's like, you know, they are lacking in depth on that right side. And if Connor Clifton right. goes down, if Brandon Carlo goes down, who's been very prone to injuries in the past couple of years, uh, you don't want to be caught like that in the postseason in a seven game series. And suddenly, you know, you really don't have, um, a second pairing right shot defenseman. Uh, or a third pairing right shot defenseman that you can rely upon uh, instead of, you know, because again, Clifton's been great. Connor Clifton's been terrific, but I still think you want a little bit, you, you do want some bumpers. You do want some guardrail uh, behind him that can be a little, you know, that you can rely on, you know, as well. So, um, you know, do I think they have to go out and make the Nick Benino deal? As you said, I don't, do, do you want to be giving up, you know, top prospects for Nick Benino? I don't know. But you do have a lot in house, not even just in the prospect pool, but you know, you you know, Nick Felino can move to the middle. Uh Trent Frederick can move to the middle. Pavel Zaka can move to the middle. Like they have a ton of centers. This is like my hockey ultimate team in NHL 23, where like my entire lineup affords just centers. No one's an actual wing, everyone's just like centers. Uh, because you know, those are some of the best players. Um, do you play NHL 23 or no? You're 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 not into it. I don't. I'm I'm not, I don't have any more. I so I got a PlayStation 4. PlayStation 4. Yeah, I panic bought one like two days into the pandemic. I'm like, I'm just gonna be a gamer again. And then I played like Red Dead Redemption for like one day and I'm like, all right, I'm good. I think I went yeah. on, I think I went on the online and played someone in NHL, uh, whichever the one that Austin Matthews on. NHL is that NHL 20? NHL well, there's 19. two. There's two that he's on uh, the cover of. So the first one, I think. So I went on that and some like kid who's probably like eleven like smoked me. And I'm like, you know what? I'm not gonna do this. No, I'm gonna I'm Retired. gonna take a, I'm just gonna watch TV all day. Retired. It's always um, funny when, like, uh, like you know, NHL will release uh, hockey ultimate team cards for some, you know, kid from the World Juniors or a prospect. Like, I remember they did one for JJ Paterka a few years ago from the Sabers. He was like a ninety overall. He was like my number one center forever. He was nasty. He was great. And then he gets to the NHL. I'm like, oh, that guy's nasty. And it's like, no, my vision of him is solely off of a video game, um, which is always great, which is terrific to have. Um, but yeah, I mean, again, uh, things. You know, with one question I want to ask you before we end, because John Scott quote tweeted one of your tweets. I don't know if you saw this. Uh, it, I think it was your tweet of just the goalie hug. And it said, serious question, like who is beating this team in the postseason? And, you know, we talk about this every week, but John Scott got me thinking, who is beating this team in the postseason? And we talked about this a little bit off the air uh, last week. And I don't think there's, there's no team that's a favorite over the Bruins. You know, Carolina's obviously very good and Toronto could, but I think really those are the only two that could. But I mean, again, I, yeah. I don't know. Like, you know, maybe it's, the Islanders are stingy, you know, but. Hmm. I think it has to be someone that either is a tough matchup in terms of how aggressive they are on a floor check like Carolina or. Um, like, like Seattle played. Or, or yeah, or Seattle, where it's, I think you have to be super aggressive on the floor check and then down the other end. Days you have to pack things in, which is kind of two contrasting styles, and also it's one thing where it's going to be made to a lot of very boring games. But there seems to be like the only blueprint you have in terms of you know grinding this team down. It's not easy, um, but again, 
John Scott also could have quote tweeted that and looking at the 2018-19 Tampa Bay Lightning, probably a lot of people would agree the same way. Like, again, uh, it's playoffs shit happens. So we'll, we'll see how like, that plays out. You can run into some goalie who gets caught. Some team just has an absurd kind of shooting percentage, what have you. So um, for the Bruins, I think it's all about, uh, you know, overcoming when teams do pack it in their own end of the ice uh, and seeing where exactly – uh, the matchups are, especially with Carolina, I think is the one where, especially where they play them this week, they'll be a good measuring stick game in terms of uh, how exactly they match up in that regard. So we'll see, but I would, I would say, I don't think it's uh, going off the rails to say that the Bruins are probably favored whoever they do play throughout <laughs> this upcoming postseason. Crazy. Crazy. Uh, always great points by John Scott. Uh, or the Bruins had a losing streak in the playoffs. The, the losing streak never hits the regular season. It just waits till the playoffs. That People would take that around here well, I think. I think people would be kind of, you know, they'd be okay with that. Good regular season, yeah. guys. No need for no yeah. need for a good postseason. Uh, I think we've hit the point, too, where it's like not even in, in previous years where let's say like the Bruins beat Carolina and they get to like the conference final and lose. And you're like, great run. Like This team was in it the whole way. This team doesn't make the cup final. I think you're getting to the point where it's it's a uh, underachievement for how again is that fair? Again, it's hockey. Shit happens, but the way this team is playing, how dominant they are, those are the expectations that have I think been set now in terms of just how well this team is playing. And it, you know, the 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 potential of it being Bergeron and Krejci's last year. Yeah, this year means a lot more. I and we said that going in, and I think you're seeing it now, and they're playing like it. Uh, the whole goal is keeping it up, and uh, they have a tough test ahead of them this week. Connor, what can people look forward to from you over Boston.com? Yeah, we're going to have you covered every step of the way this brewing season with uh, columns and features and all that good stuff. Uh, but not just Bruins. We'll be covering everything that's happening in Boston sports. So I uh, had a nice little piece on Al Horford yesterday. I uh, wrote a little bit about the Patriots. Stuff. So uh, if you go on Boston.com, we have everything covered, and you'll see uh, my headlines for – Whole bunch of different stuff including the brewing so definitely check out the stuff over at boston.com you want to follow me on twitter you can at connor ryan underscore 93 go do all that and if you want to i would highly recommend subscribing to doing the hockey journal as well to get my writing all do hockey it. in this region go do it go do it now uh that is connor ryan i'm evan marinovsky you brewing sweet listeners have a great rest of your week mm-hmm.